A recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your neighborhood store. Why fight the lines at the big box chains when Little General Convenience Stores has what you need? Selling only the best quality brands like Gorelick Farms, Boston Salads, Prepared Foods, KM, and Purdue. Little General also sells lottery, tobacco products, and yes, of course, your stop for your daily newspapers. Weekly specials change every Monday, so check online at littlegeneral.com for this week's specials. Plus, littlegeneral.com is the place to go for the delicious recipes you heard here on A Recipe for a Good Day. So whether you're picking up food or products for your home, or if you're looking for food or coffee on the go, shop your neighborhood store. Little General Convenience Stores, open eight days a week. for a good day, your weekly food get-together brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores. Your convenience store with more. If you look around, you'll find one in your neighborhood. And welcome to our Wednesday get-together. This episode is for all ye chowder heads. That's right, we're going to be talking chowder. What is chowder? What's the difference between a chowder and a soup? Can chowder have meat in it that's not fish meat. Yes, it can. We're going to tell you all about that wonderful, exciting world. Can you have chowder with no meat? Yes, you can. We'll tell you those differences and give you plenty of chowder options on today's program. We thank you for joining us. And uh, we have another edition of Reynolds Wrap on the way with Johnny Reynolds Jr. What's his topic? We never know. Stay tuned and give it a listen. Uh, we also have what's on sale at Little General Convenience Stores now through close of business on Sunday. And uh, what's some, uh, it is a good week for cold cuts for sandwich meats. And it's a good week for Top Round Steak. One of the featured products had five ninety nine a pound for Top Round Steak at Little General. Of course, uh, cut fresh for you. Top Round Steak, five ninety nine a pound. One of the featured items this week on sale at Little General stores everywhere. In addition, Meister Chef is provided some of their products on sale at Little General stores. Bologna for two forty nine a pound, and cooked salami for just two ninety nine a pound. Our friend at KM has their Polish loaf on sale for five eighty nine a pound for Polish veal loaf. Again, five eighty nine a pound. Dusmarker has honey ham, six eighty nine a pound. That is my favorite ham. That honey ham from Dusmarker uh, and Triple M, the makers of the Buddha Ball ham, have their classic roast beef. Tremendous sale price, nine eighty nine a pound. Fresh sliced Triple M classic roast beef 
at all general locations. Hey, you're going to need something to go with those cold-cut sandwiches. Well, Boston Salad steps up to the plate. They have two offerings for just four eighty-nine a pound, and that includes Oriental Noodle Salad, a very popular item at Little General stores from Boston Salads. The Oriental Noodle Salad on sale for four eighty-nine a pound, and if you want something with a little kick to it, horseradish potato salad. There you go, Tommy Brian. Horseradish potato salad. Four eighty nine a pound, all at Low General Stores. And remember, they're back. They're better than ever. We are talking about the bulky rolls at Little General Stores. Bulky rolls just three fifty nine for a six pack, and those bulky rolls will go perfect with those cold cuts as you make your sandwich. And Sunday, the weather is going to be absolutely beautiful. To throw some top round steaks on the grill. Enjoy Top Round Steak. Again, the premier product that's on sale this week at Little General Stores, $5.99 a pound. So those are the sale items this week. Again, those are at all locations through close of business Sunday, which is 10 o'clock in the evening. Well, we're going to take our commercial message again remind you that this program is brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores. When we return, we're going to get uh, a lesbian yesterday on the other program I do, one of the other programs, uh, we talked about cream corn. And we got into, you never know what primetime talk's going to be. Uh, by the way, that's weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. And I'll be back today again, yes, as it is a weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. And we'll be talking about uh, hopefully other things than cream corn. But it was the debate about shepherd's pie, cream corn, no cream corn, um, and what do you do with cream corn? We're actually going to give you a nice cream corn recipe when we return after this message from Low General Convenience Stores. Recipe for a good day brought to you by Low General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley. Two-in-one socket, Manville Road and Cumberland Hill Road. Great Road, North Smithfield, Chapel Street in Boroughville and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab and go meals perfectly prepared for you, whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com. Your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores.
Well, thank you, and we are back. So we're glad you could be with us. Of course, you hear the Mayberry RFD Cookbook. Aunt B's Mayberry RFD Cookbook is where we're headed. Whenever you hear that infamous whistle of the Andy Griffith Show. And for that, it's cream corn. So I wanted to do something with cream corn because, well, cream corn just kind of got battered a little bit on the program, um, primetime talk, and I says, we got to do something to boost the morale of cream corn lovers. So I was looking for a recipe, and I said, where better to go for a cream corn recipe than Mayberry? And we have something here for cream corn, sweet uh, 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 Thelma Lou. And uh, think of, do you remember the character Thelma Lou from Andy Griffith's show? Well... I'm going to tell you who she was. She played a key role in, in that series. Uh, we'll let you think about that as we give you her recipe for corn custard. That's right. Thelma Lou's corn custard, a glorious use for canned cream style corn. So what we're going to need here for the ingredients as we as we get ready to uh, have maybe a, uh, a nice uh, custard here with, mm, say, Andy and Barney Fife. Two cups of canned cream-style corn. Three large eggs or four small. Take them out back and beat them well. Two cups of warm milk. One teaspoon of sugar. A salt, pepper, depending on your taste. A dash of nutmeg. Not much, just a dash. Overdo it, you're going to ruin your corn custard. A half cup of bread or cracker crumbs. And two tablespoons of melted butter. That's it for the ingredients. That's it. And you're going to grease a six-cup casserole dish in a large bowl. Combine the corn, the creamed corn, the eggs, the milk, the sugar, the salt, the pepper, the nutmeg, and then pour it into the prepared dish. Then you're going to combine the crumbs and melted butter, tossing them well, and just sprinkle it over, let it rest on top of that corn mixture, Bake it for 300 in the oven for just about 35 to 40 minutes until it firms up. And then enjoy. That serves, again, four to six people for Thelma Lou's corn custard. And Thelma Lou was the girlfriend of Barney Fife, the deputy in Mayberry. And the girlfriend's name, Thelma Lou. And uh, played by the actress, Betty Lynn. And that is Betty Lynn's recipe for Thelma Lou's corn custard from Mayberry RFD. So there are uses, and it looks sounds absolutely delicious, well uses for cream corn. So if you have a recipe, if you like cream corn, uh, send us an email, askthechef at WNRI.com, and we're going to ask you something right now. An unofficial recipe for a good day listener poll. Send an email to askthechef at WNRI.com. When it comes to your shepherd's pie, do you cream corn or not cream corn? What do you put underneath the beef in your shepherd's pie? Please let us know. We'll share it with the audience at askthechef at WNRI.com via email. And we have another great segment coming up before we get to the Reynolds Wrap. And we're going to talk first about the chowder, all in a moment. Little General Stores is ready to serve you every day with great locally roasted coffee, as well as the best prices for all your deli meats. Little General Convenience Stores, we're here for you. All right, well, here we go, chowder heads. 
Chowder is for more than corn and clams. And, of course, various seafood chowders. What is the difference? I was th- tossing a couple of the names of the chowders. He says, that's not chowder, that's soup. I said, no, it's a chowder. So do you know the difference between a soup and a chowder? What technically is the difference? And, of course, we all spend a lot of time talking about soups, mastering stock before consuming our brothy soups with easy additions or chunky stews. We spend a lot of time on chunky stews as well. But then comes chowder. So you get chowders, you get stews, you got soups, and they all have categorical differences. So there's a lot of subcategories to soup, but it's most basic. It's just a, a liquid made with water or broth. It can be clear like a chicken noodle soup. It can be thick like a bisque or other cream-based soups, but some soups will contain solid ingredients, vegetables, meat, fish, while others are pureed by combining those ingredients for a smooth concoction. Now, if the soup contains more chunky ingredients than liquid, that's when it becomes a stew instead of a soup. So think of your beef stew. There's more chunk mass of those carrots and potatoes and beef than there is of the liquid. Whereas in soup, you have a lot of that stock, a lot of that broth with floating items in the soup. So there's a base difference between a soup and when does it cross over and becomes a stew. Now soups can, another unique thing here is soups as opposed to stews and even chowders, can be cooked and served hot. Or, as we had last week, we actually gave you a recipe for a cold soup. It doesn't require any cooking at all. And yes, that stands out because you don't have cold stews. And, well, cold chowder would just be weird. But chowder is much more rich. It's a much more creamy soup. Often we know it as a clam chowder or a seafood chowder or a corn chowder, but it also often has potatoes in it. Uh, seafood chowders, typical here in the Northeast in New England, of course, New England clam chowder being the most famous and many other seafood chowders. If you want to skip the slit, if you can make a clam chowder, you can make any seafood chowder by just substituting. You want scallops? You can do that. You want shrimp? You can do that. You want lobster? You can do that. You want crab? You can do that. You want fish like a cod or smoked salmon? You can do that. But in other parts of the country, they don't have these wonderful fishing bays that we have here in New England. And that's where you move down into the southwest of the United States where you'll get some of the spicier chowders, the Mexican spices, the corn chowders. Uh, Seafood is not abundant in all the, the United States. So those chowders, you can use meats like bacon, ham, or chicken. And, of course, meat and seafood are not requirements. In a chowder, you can have a beautiful vegetarian chowder by combining hearty vegetables like potatoes, sweet potatoes, carrots, parsnips, winter squash, mushrooms, just to name a few. So there is um, some of the crux differences there, some of the key differences between a chowder and a soup. Chowder, type of soup that often has a cream or a dairy to thicken it. Soup, standalone term. A variety of liquid recipes, more liquid than solids. If it gets more solids than liquid, then it becomes a stew. Um, the origin's different, too. Um, just in case you're interested in a little food history, the chowder actually originated on the ships. 
to fishermen. That's why there's so many fish chowders. They made it for their meals. Think about it. It's what they're they're pulling in, and there may be trimmings that they can use in there and not interfere with their big payday. So soups originated in France through the concepts that have been around for many centuries. Uh, and again, chowders originated with fishermen out on the open sea. Now, the key difference to remember, that texture between the two, milk or cream or, and flour to create a thick mixture in the chowder, as well as chunks of food. Soups, very light. Some dairy can be in a soup, but the two foods are not prepared the same as chowder is more of a slow cook of the fish or meat. Then add the liquid in cooking over a low heat. Soup is made by boiling those ingredients in order to extract the flavor. And the ingredients are not equal. Most part, chowders include milk, flour, fish, vegetables, although they can have other meats, as we mentioned. Soups, many ingredients, noodles, chicken, fish, tomatoes, pork, beef. You can put potatoes in soups. I have, especially those little purple potatoes. Um, but the question is, and here's a key question. Which one is healthier? Is it healthier to have a chowder or a soup? Well, you may have guessed it. Chowder contains more cream, therefore more fat, therefore more calories. So if you are looking for the healthy alternative, soup tends to be the lighter meal. And the healthier meal, of course, all dependent upon those ingredients. But you can always make it healthier by using low-fat, low-sodium, whole-grain products. The soup can be high in protein and filling without excessive calories. Chowder can be healthier if you choose to use lighter ingredients. Again, we're talking about creams. You're talking about low-fat creams, non-dairy alternatives, fish or chicken. Either way, in doubt, if you're looking for the healthiest stuff, choose a soup. But keep in mind... Anytime you are buying a canned or dry or whether it's soup chowder, you're going to have a high sodium content just by the nature of it being a canned good. So chowder technically may be a type of soup, but it's very different from it. Now we have a little history and a little understanding of as we move through this program, what those differences are. Between chowder and soup and stew. Either way, it's a wonderful meal. And uh, but today we're going to be talking about chowders. Now what we have here is a world of chowders today. And we have a plethora of them to cover. Now we're going to start with the basics. When you say the word chowder, you're thinking of two things. You're thinking of clam chowder, probably because you're in New England. And you're thinking of... Corn, corn, try that third time. Corn chowder. There it is. So you have corn chowder, you have clam chowder. We're going to start with the the basic chowders, and then we're going to get a little more adventurous, as we normally do here on the program. So we're going to start with a very easy corn chowder. Quick, easy soups. Not going to let you down this chowder. Uh, We're going to start with four slices of bacon diced, one onion chopped, one can cream-style corn, another check in the column for cream-style corn, and one and a half cups of cubed potatoes, one can of condensed cream of mushroom soup, three cups of milk, and then you're going to salt and pepper to taste. Now, here's your directions. It's a one-step product in a large saucepan over medium heat. You're going to saute the bacon 
and onions together until the onions get tenderized. Only about 7 to 10 minutes or so. And then add in the corn, the potatoes, the soup, the milk, the salt, the pepper. You're going to raise that heat to high and let it get to a boil. And then reduce the heat to low. Cover and simmer only about 20 to 20, 25, maybe 35 minutes until the potatoes get tender. Give it occasional stirs. You don't want your product to, to gather at the bottom of the pan and, and burn the potatoes at the bottom. So stir it to keep it all uh, moving together. Corn chowder, very easy, very plain right there. Um, we're going to give you a little more adventurous corn chowder. And again, it's your chowder. So experiment. It's your kitchen. You can do that. Nobody's going to complain but you. Um, here's a potato bacon and corn chowder. And this one here, you're going to have a half pound of thick sliced bacon, and you're going to cut it into half-inch pieces. You're going to take two carrots and dice them, uh, four stalks of celery, chop them up, one bay leaf, two tablespoons of butter, two tablespoons of flour, four cups of milk, two large potatoes, peel them, wash them, peel them, dice them, uh, one can of whole kernel corn drained, and just a pinch of paprika is optional. You're going to use a smoked paprika, obviously. Um, cook the bacon pieces. Get your skillet out. Cook those bacon. Uh, medium heat. You want that fat rendered, and the bacon comes out nice and crispy, giving it a flip. Remove the bra- bacon, but leave the bacon grease in the pan. Key, key flavor. Key flavor there. Leave it in the pan. And stir in the carrots, the celery, the bay leaf into that bacon grease. And let it cook for another five minutes. Meanwhile, go ahead and melt that butter over your large part, um, medium-low heat. Just get it melted. You're not, you're not cooking it. You're melting it. Whisk in the flour for your roux. Uh, cook for five minutes or so, stirring constantly. That flour will burn if you are not continually jostling it in that pan. Slowly whisk in the milk. Bring it back to a simmer over a nice medium-high heat. Once it starts to simmer, let it simmer for about five minutes, whisking it frequently. Again, you don't want your flour to settle at the bottom of that pan. Add in the bacon, the cooked vegetables, the potatoes, the corn. Again, get it back to a simmer. Reduce that heat, medium-low, and let it cook until those potatoes tenderize. That's where you're going to have your stretch of time. Just about 20 minutes. Um, An additional milk may be needed. Depends on your consistency. So uh, you, again, add the milk slowly because you don't want to overdo it. So if you need a little more, go ahead. But make sure it's a little more. You can always add a little more, but you can't take any out of the pan. And if you want to garnish it, just a little sprinkle of that paprika over it. You'll have a wonderful potato, bacon, and corn chowder. It takes about an hour, about 40 minutes to cook, about 20 minutes to prep. And um, so corn chowder, one of the staple chowders, a very basic and a little more adventurous one. Now, for the clam chowder, of all the cookbooks I have, I was trying to decide who gets the clam chowder recipe. Where do we go from here? So I decided I'm going to go clam chowder being a New England thing. And, of course, we have three to work with. Um, I wanted to go back to some old roots and see where did this originate from. So I went back to the oldest cookbooks. I have some from the 1800s. 
And then I said, I'm not taking these out of the house. So I said, no, I was saying, let me see the oldest cookbook I'm willing to take out of the house. And that brought me into the 1900s. And a cookbook called The Old New England Cookbook. From the year, let me see the copyright here. It's got a, it has a wooden cover. That's how old it is. A hard wooden cover. I love this book because of the history of it. Um, 1936, this book, 1936. So, um, I wanted to get into a very, uh, traditional old origin chowder recipe. And for that, we're going to start with a fish chowder from this book. And then we will talk red, white, um, and clear, the Manhattan clam chowder, the New England clam chowder, the Rhode Island clam chowder. So we're going we're gonna to break those down. But uh, just to, to, to show you how it or, or how, where the origins are, and this was very similar to my books from the 1800s, okay? Two cups of soup or fish stock. This is a fish chowder now. One inch cubed, and this is, again, very old, fat salt pork diced. Three sliced onions. And again, I wonder how big the onions were of that time period. Two cups potatoes diced. One teaspoon of salt. A quarter teaspoon of pepper. One pound of fish cut into small pieces. Two tablespoons of fat. Two tablespoons of flour. Two cups of scalded milk. It's interesting how they use that word, scalded. Um... One cup of cold milk, two cups of scalded milk, one cup of cold milk, and then some chowder crackers. Um, the instructions in 1937 in this book, again, very similar to the uh, Fanny Farmer Boston School Cookbook of the 1800s that I have. Uh, place the fat pork in the frying pan with the onions. Cook them for about five minutes until brown, and your kitchen is going to smell like a little slice of heaven. Um, strain that into a saucepan, add the fish stock, the potatoes, the salt, the pepper, and the fish. Cook until the potatoes get soft, and then add, melt in the fat, add the flour. When it comes smooth, add in the scalded milk, and stir it until that sauce boils, and then add in the soup stock. Split the crackers, soak them in the cold milk, and then add them to the soup, bring it to a boiling point. Um, season the taste and serve it hot. Uh, this, this book also talks about clam chowder, crab meat chowder, uh, and if you want to make one of those, again, you're going to go off of that initial recipe, but substitute. Um, you can use just a pint of clams washed with uh, the hard parts chopped fine instead of the fish and the fish chowder. Same thing. Uh, one cup of crab meat seasoned with two teaspoons of anchovy paste and a few drops of Tabasco sauce for the fish. And the fish chowder, and you have a crab meat chowder. It doesn't have to be uh, complicated. You can even uh, take the fish completely out of that chowder recipe and do maybe a lima bean chowder with one cup of dried lima beans that have been cooked in water until softened, and just substitute that for the fish. Uh, vegetable chowder. Substitute a three-quarter cup of diced carrots. One tablespoon of finely cut celery tops. One tablespoon of finely chopped green peppers. Three cups of canned tomatoes. Substitute that for the fish and the milk in the fish chowder recipe. 
and you have a vegetable chowder recipe. So there's all sorts of substitutions there. But that's how it was in 1937. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we come back, we're going to break down the three clam chowders that you can get in the region. We call it the red, the white, and the clear. The Manhattan, the Rhode Island, and the New England. All still to come here. And then, yeah, we may even get into some more adventurous chowders. We're going to chowder until we run out of time here on Recipe for a Good Day today. So thank you for being with us on this edition. And uh, we have a lot of ground to cover, so stick around. By the way, if you miss this program, I know there's a lot of chowders being thrown at you. You can listen on your time by going on Spotify under podcast, search out Recipe for a Good Day, and you're going to find that little general, those big red letters of little general stores, big red letters, not just for Jello anymore. No, it is for little general. Uh, and you can also go to littlegeneral.com. There you can see the specials of the week starting on Monday when they do change. And at the bottom of every page, you'll see listen to Recipe for a Good Day. So you can take these notes on your time. So thank you for being with us. Oh, fully! I forgot to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. How do I go shopping now? What's on sale this week? I don't know what to feed Punky the monkey. Well, Anna Marie, we have you covered all at LilGeneral.com. That's where you can find out what's on sale this week at all Little General locations. And now can listen to past editions of Recipe for a Good Day. Just go to LilGeneral.com. You'll see the tab for the weekly flyer. Click that. You'll see the specials this week at all Little General locations. And at the bottom of the page... You'll see the link to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. So if you miss a show or are unable to write down a recipe, now you can go listen anytime at your time at littlegeneral.com. Little General Stores is ready to serve you every day with great locally roasted coffee, as well as the best prices for all your deli meats. Little General Convenience Stores, we're here for you. If you like the taste of a lobster stew Served by a window with an ocean view You're sure, you're sure to fall in love with old Cape Cod Ah yes, the crown jewel of New England, old Cape Cod And with that comes, of course, seafood and so many people love a good old clam chowder. But, of course, everybody's different. So that's why you have different styles of chowder or chowder, depending on where you are from in this country. Um, so let's get started with, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go. It's like, who, where do you go first? Do you go with the Manhattan clam chowder? Do you know which one that is? Do you go with the Rhode Island clam chowder? Do you know which one that is? And then you have the New England clam chowder. Do you know which one that is? One is clear, one is white, one is red. Well, let's start off talking about, well, let's go New England first. Why not? Um, We're going to talk New England clam chowder. The best New England clam chowder recipes, of course, are yours. Because they're the ones you're familiar with. And everybody's got a particular place where they like their clam chowder. So the recipes can differ. Uh, we went with some of the, uh, went with some of the more, I guess, popular 
eateries and what they use in their clam chowder. So we're going to talk about this New England clam chowder, four cuts, four center cut bacon strips, two celery ribs chopped, one large onion chopped, one garlic clove minced, three small potatoes peeled and cubed, one cup of water, one bottle of clam juice, about eight ounces, three teaspoons of reduced sodium chicken bouillon granules, a quarter teaspoon of white pepper, a quarter teaspoon of dried thyme, if you have the time, one third cup of all-purpose flour, two cups of fat-free half and half, and divide it into two equal cups. And then two cans of chopped clam, undrained. Um, Now, if you are going clamming and you want to use your fresh clams, go right ahead. You're looking for about 13 ounces of clams chopped um, if you are out there doing your own clamming. So, now that you have your ingredients list, um, and again, this it all depends on how many servings you are looking for. This particular one, 20 minutes prep, 35 to cook, should yield you about five servings. So get out your Dutch oven, cook that bacon over medium heat until it becomes crisp. Remove to paper towels to drain that extra grease off, set it aside. Uh, saute the celery and onion and the bacon drippings until tender. Then add garlic. Cook about for one minute longer. You don't want to burn that garlic. Again, stir in the potatoes, the water, the clam juice, the bouillon, the pepper and thyme. Return it to a boil. Reduce your heat. Let it simmer uncovered until those potatoes tenderize in about 15 to 20 minutes. Then in a small bowl, combine the flour and one cup of half and half until it gets smooth. Gradually stir it into the soup. Return it to a boil, let it cook, let it stir until it gets thickened, only about one or two minutes at that point. Then at the end, stir in your clams and the remaining half and half. Let it heat, but don't let it get back to a boil. And crumble in the cooked bacon, and just sprinkle it over each serving for the infamous New England clam chowder. Again, 20 minutes to cook, uh, 20 minutes to prep, 35 to cook. That should get you about five servings. Well, now let's return here to the Ocean State. The infamous Ocean State for the clear broth clam chowder, Rhode Island clam chowder. No wonder why. Rhode Islands prefer clear broth over cream at every turn that's surrounded by salt water, right? So we must savor the Ocean State's clear broth clam chowder. And uh, this one here is a rich broth. It's a clear broth loaded with potatoes, bacon. You can use cherry stones or quahogs. Same pieces of hard shell clam, but quahogs being bigger than cherry stones. Depends on what you have available fresh that day or what you're pulling off the beach if you're out there uh, pulling it in. So this one here is going to make a bigger batch. Uh, It's one of the New England favorites. And it serves 8 to 10 people. Okay. From the Matunic Clear Broth Clam Chowder. Okay. From the Matunic Oyster Bar overlooking Eddie's of Potter Pond in South Kingston. So here we go. Uh, the Matunic 
clear broth clam chowder ingredients. Here you're using eight pounds of small quahogs or large cherry stone clams, seven cups of water, six cups of clam broth. Now, from steaming, or four cups of clam broth plus two cups of bottled clam juice. The choice is yours. Uh, three slices of thick sliced bacon cut into quarter-inch cubes. Four tablespoons of unsalted butter. Two medium-sized onions cut into roughly half-inch cubes. Quarter-inch cubes, excuse me. You're going to get some celery ribs and cut them into quarter-inch cubes. Two bay leaves. Two pounds of Yukon Gold or other all-purpose potatoes, but the Yukon Gold would be so buttery and creamy in that in that chowder. You're going to peel and you're going to cut them into half-inch pieces. Two tablespoons of chopped fresh Italian parsley. Two tablespoons of minced fresh dill. Kosher salt and freshly ground black pepper to taste. The instructions simple enough. Scrub the clams, rinse them clean. Add about seven cups of water to a large stock pot fitted with a steamer basket or colander to bring them to a boil. Add half the clams to the basket and then cover it. Now steam it until the clams open, roughly five to ten minutes. And you can throw away any clams that do not open. Uh, Don't eat them. Don't pry them open and don't eat them. Repeat with the second batch of clams and repeat rinse until you have what you need. And you're going to reserve about six cups of that broth, so set it aside. Cool the clams, remove the meat from the shell, dice them into roughly half-inch pieces. Uh, keep them covered and refrigerated until you're ready to use them. Now go ahead and put the bacon in a five to seven quart pot over medium heat. Cook them, stir them until they get golden brown and ready. And about pull them off and then pour off all but one tablespoon of that bacon fat. Leave the bacon in the pot and reduce the heat to a medium low. Then add in the butter, the onions, the celery, the two bay leaves. Cook them, stir them. The onions will get softened, but you don't want them brown, just softened about six minutes, six, eight minutes or so, under 10. Now add in those potatoes and that clam broth that you've reserved from the prior process. Continue to cook it over medium heat until the chowder begins to simmer. If it boils, reduce that heat. Cook it until the potatoes get tenderized. And then just before serving, remove the pot from the heat. Stir in the clams and the herbs. Get out the bay leaves. You don't want them in there. You don't want people chewing them. And then season it to taste with your salt and pepper. And, of course, serve it hot. Now, steaming the clams might seem a little laborious, but it's very easy And that will make that briny broth. So, again, you're looking for six cups of that broth from the clams. If not, you'll have to get more bottled clam juice, as we mentioned on the prior one, to round it out. That is the Matunic Clear Rhode Island Clam Chowder. So that leaves us with one more clam chowder. And it's called the Manhattan Clam Chowder. You either like Manhattan Clam Chowder or you don't like Manhattan Clam Chowder. James Beard famously called it horrendous. But the chowder does have its fans. You get the acidity of the tomatoes, which makes it unique and red and helps temper the, the salinity of the broth and also 
gives a very nice sweetness. Besides, you got green peppers, you get carrots. That adds to the effect. A little bit of garlic, red pepper flakes. And that, of course, there's a nod to the immigrant past of New York and especially Manhattan, where so many entered the country. Certainly not a new development in the history of clam chowder. So here we go. Um, the ingredient list here. Now, this is, again, going to make a handsome pot. Just about 8 to 10 servings. So we've done the white. We've done the clear. Here comes the red. And your ingredients are roughly 24 medium-sized quahog clams, usually uh, top neck or cherry stone, rinsed, one tablespoon of unsalted butter, a quarter-pound slab bacon, or you can use salt pork if you want to dice it, one large Spanish onion diced, two cloves of garlic peeled and minced, Two large ribs of celery, cleaned and diced. One medium-sized green pepper diced. Two medium-sized carrots, peeled and diced. Red pepper flakes to taste, depending on how, how what type of kick you like. If it's Roger Bouchard, give him a few extra. A lar- three large Yukon gold potatoes cubed. Three sprigs of thyme, if you have the thyme. One bay leaf. A 28-ounce can of whole peeled tomatoes in the juice, crushed or roughly diced freshly ground black pepper to taste and a quarter cup of chopped parsley so what's the method for our red clam chowder we're going to put the clams in a large heavy dutch oven we're going to add about four cups of water and then set it over medium high heat cover it and cook it until clams have opened up again not that long uh, strain the clam broth through a sieve lined with uh, cheesecloth or doubled up paper towels is fine. Set it aside. Remove the clams from shells and set those aside as well. Now rinse out your pot, return it to the stove, add in the butter, turn the heat to a medium low to melt that butter. Not cook it, but melt it. And then add in the bacon or salt pork, whichever you're going to use. Cook it, stirring it occasionally. Let that fat render in the pork start to brown. Um, five to seven minutes should be all it takes. Then get out your slotted spoon and remove that pork from the fat. Set it aside. Then you're going to add in the onions, the garlic, the celery, the green peppers, and the carrots right into that fat. Cook it, stir it frequently. Let the vegetables soften but not brown. 10, 15 minutes, all it takes. Stir in the potatoes. Continue to cook it till they've just started to soften up. Again, maybe another five to seven minutes or so. And then add in four cups of that clam broth that you reserve. And, and rest. let the others sit there for another use. Add in the sprigs of thyme and the bay leaf. Partly cover the pot. Simmer it gently until the potatoes tenderize. Again, 15 10 minutes, maybe, uh, using the back of the wooden spoon, just smash a few potatoes against the side of the pot to release that starch and help thicken that broth. Meanwhile, chop the clams into bits, and they're about the size of the diced bacon. When the potatoes tenderize, stir in the tomatoes, heat them through, and add the chopped clams, the reserved bacon. Don't hold back here because you're almost done. Stir it, combine it, add in the black pepper to taste. Let that chowder come back to a simmer, then get it off the heat. Now you can fish out the thyme and the bay leaf, throw those away, and the chowder, you let it cure. Let it sit for a little while. 
It, this chowder is the one that's best if it's reheated before serving. And let it let it cure together, and then garnish it with the chopped parsley. And why not serve it with some oyster crackers? And there is your Manhattan clam chowder. So we've covered the clear, we've covered the white, we've covered the red, we've covered a few corn chowders as well. We've learned the difference between the difference between a corn chowder and a stew. So let's see. To give you something outside the box, just to show that it doesn't have to be a fishy. Uh, by the way, I think we'll redo another chowder down the road. We'll call this Chowder 101. As you look at the series, you'll see that from time to time when we're going to revisit a topic. But I want to illustrate how you can get um, a different chowder. We're going to go uh, with a very simple one. Uh, chowders don't have to be complicated. And through the Campbell's uh, cooking method, we're going to give you a curried chicken and vegetable chowder. And again, very different. We're using chicken, not fish here. This one's going to have some kick and vegetable in it. So this is, a, uh, again, best served with oyster crackers. Um, you can use pita chips, bagel chips, whatever you prefer. Uh, one can, and this is, this is for the folks that are looking for something super easy to put together. It's going to be a little more sodium in it because you're going to be using some canned condensed soups. But through Campbell's, because it's mm-mm good, you know. Uh, did you know that it's mm-mm good? Yes, they are. Campbell's soup. Not so many years ago, tomato soup and cream of tomato were unusual dishes, enjoyed very much, but not very often. Today, of all the soups in the world, tomato soup is the one most often served. Not because women have taken to making tomato soup frequently. No, on the contrary, few housewives ever attempted anymore. There's just one reason for tomato soup's popularity, and it is this. The magic, matchless flavor of Campbell's tomato soup. There's a lively verve, a dashing zest about this flavor that people take to at once and come back to and enjoy again and again. The first racy taste of it has a way of arousing a desire to eat. And yet there's a pleasant feeling of satisfaction when the last spoonful is gone. So this soup is a happy choice for the main dish at lunchtime or at supper, and it also is a fine way to start the day's main meal. Serve it sometimes, too, as cream of tomatoes, made with milk instead of water. You can always be sure that it will be received with pleasure, because this, of all soups, is the one people like to have most often, Campbell's tomato soup. That's right. This particular one, through Campbell's, uh, they have a plethora of cookbooks. They're very easy meals to pull together. So this is a curried chicken vegetable chowder. One can, 10 and a half ounces of Campbell's condensed cream of chicken soup. And one can of Campbell's condensed chicken broth. Two cups of water. Half teaspoon of curry powder. Uh, an eighth of a teaspoon of dried thyme leaves, just a little bit crushed. An eighth of a teaspoon of pepper, just a dash of pepper. Two cups of cubed peeled potatoes. Three medium potatoes should do it. And again, Yukon Gold would be the preferred potato for this, this application. Two cups of cubed cooked chicken. One cup of broccoli florets. One cup of sliced fresh mushrooms, a half cup of sweet red pepper 
cut into strips. Get out your saucepan, stir in the soup until it's smooth. Gradually stir in the broth, the water, the curry, the thyme, the pepper over a medium heat. Bring it to a boil, then add in the potatoes and boil it for about 10 minutes. Add the remaining ingredients. Reduce that heat to low. Cover, simmer it five minutes until the vegetables get tender. And this should make you just about six servings of a little spicier curried chicken vegetable chowder. Again, classic oyster crackers would be great to it. Uh, You can pass a basket of seasoned pita chips or bagel chips as well. It doesn't have to be difficult and it doesn't have to be seafood. There's an example, curried chicken vegetable chowder. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Recipe for a Good Day. We thank you for being with us, and we thank you for uh, sharing uh, your stews with us. So how do you make your clam chowder? Do you do something different? Let us know. Ask the chef at WNRI.com and we'll share it with our listening audience. We hope you've enjoyed Chowder 101. We'll be back next Wednesday. Don't forget the sale items at Little General Convenience Stores. The premier product this week happens to be Top Round Steak for $5.99 a pound for Top Round Steak at Little General Stores. They have a lot of cold cuts available for sandwiches. The Meister Chef Bologna, two Forty-nine a pound. Meister Chef cooked salami for two ninety-nine a pound. From KM, the Polish veal loaf for five eighty-nine a pound. Duschmacher has the uh, honey ham on sale for six eighty-nine a pound. Uh, sliced thin with some oh melted cheddar on that. Ooh, that is so good. Triple M classic roast beef nine eighty-nine a pound for a premier roast beef freshly sliced at the deli. $9.89 a pound. You're looking for something to go with that? They can take care of you as well as they have Boston salads, Oriental noodle soup for $4.89 a pound. Also $4.89 a pound from Boston salads, horseradish potato salad. Remember, Little General Convenience Stores, that's where you'll find quality is their first priority at Low General Convenience Stores. Also a sponsor of Recipe for a Good Day, and we thank them for their continued sponsorship of the program. We'll talk to you same time, same channel next week. Till then, of course, we say bon appetit. And, of course, thank you for listening.